And we're on the air in five, four, three, two, one. Pencil. We are beginning to be able, cautiously and with our eyes open, to encourage some interchange of ideas. I've been a good sport about this up till now, but that boy's forcing me to use stronger measures. Sure. All right, welcome to Here You Are, Wassa. This is, uh, I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Dino, and I'm here with my main man, Eric. And we're on episode number 44. I think it's 45 now. Oh, I was so close. I, I questioned going, you last time, and I was wrong, but I, I'm I was pretty just sure it was 45 open. last time. For, the, for Shereen, if, if you listen to the show every time, that's just a <laughs> – because, you know, I'm sure you're a regular listener. Uh-huh. That's As, just a you know running am, joke, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that I don't mm-hmm. know the number of episodes in my own podcast. So, well, Who would? Right. And so we're here with Shereen from the uh, WASA Pilot and Review, the publisher, editor, head honcho extraordinaire. Shereen, thanks for doing the <laughs> podcast tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So really, I, it's it's pretty simple. So what's going on in town? So um, it's been kind of an interesting few weeks here in Wausau. Um, I, boy, the, the biggest story and one I've been working on for months, actually, is the story about the Thomas Street contamination issue. Um, this is something that I, I don't know that um, city officials are completely uh, on board with, but but the contamination on Thomas Street goes back decades. Uh, There's an interesting history about that. We published a story about that today. And uh, boy, I got to tell you, it's just um, it. it, (laughs) This is probably one of the, the biggest environmental issues that the city is will ever face uh, with what's happening on Thomas Street. So, so it really is contaminated. Yes, it really is contaminated. Wow. So uh, as you know, the city the city did some independent testing earlier this summer, um, and that came back pretty clean. But uh, the citizens for... Um, an environmentally safe Thomas Street paid for some independent testing uh, that that was done on the topsoil instead of deeper below the surface. And I was not surprised at all that those tests came back dirty um, and showed some dioxins and furans um, in in the soil. And I think that's a, a huge issue of concern. And one that goes back to the early 80s. So what's the history of, of those folks wanting to do that? Because when I first heard this story, I thought those people were just conspiracy nuts and they live near a big plant and they automatically think that everything is contaminated. But what would make them front their own money in order to do this research? Because if they're doing that, obviously they know something is wrong. But what what was that? Did you get any idea yeah. of what that history is? Yeah, so I think that uh, I think that this group of people pooled their money together. And, and let's be clear, this is not a group of people that have 
uh, a great deal of money to throw around. Um, they they pooled together what they could to hire an attorney and pay for independent soil testing because they they truly believe that this is one of the most important things they'll ever do in their life and that it, it could have potentially wide widespread implications for not just the neighborhood but for the entire community so uh, a couple of, of the people that are involved in that have done some incredible research um, that they've been kind enough to share with me uh, about the history of of that neighborhood and this goes back to the early 80s when SNE was uh, was in the neighborhood and uh, SNE, there was a whistleblower actually uh, within SNE that went to the government and said, look, there is a pool of, of this horrible chemical on the groundwater, floating on the groundwater under the plant. And investigators came in, found out that that in fact was the case. And it set off alarm bells throughout the state, uh, through Dave Obie's office, um, through the DNR, and and through the EPA. The EPA actually stood aside and said, "Okay, um, we'll we'll wait if if the company works out uh, an agreement with with the DNR to clean this up." So uh, so so there's this been, been this cleanup effort for decades to get this chemical out of the soil and um, and even decades later we can see that those chemicals still exist um, the reason that I that I published the story today that I did and I, I had been working on this for some time and wasn't quite ready to go with it but uh, <clears throat> earlier this week the mayor made some comments about about the the testing and and said that that it was kind of um I, he he basically said that the latest round of environmental testing sharing that information was was an irresponsible scare tactic he uh, and that was during a, a radio interview on WSAU and that immediately caught my attention uh, but but then he followed that up with saying hey where those test results were taken, we're, we're not going to be doing any construction there anyway. And that made me realize that that there are some city officials that don't understand, uh, perhaps, that that just because contamination is in that one property area, they tend to think that that that's some kind of hot spot. And history tells us that's not the case at all, that that this this contamination uh, could be and and is likely in the entire River Street neighborhood. And there are a bunch of cases like across the country where similar um, similar plants have have been and similar chemicals have been used and 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 most of them are super fun sites. This is not. this is a a brownfield site. but um, so there. There are legitimate concerns, and the and the people in the community or in in that neighborhood are saying, "Hey, you're not listening to us. You're not taking this seriously." And uh, I I think it is unfortunate that that some city officials are thinking that uh, that this is an easy cleanup, 
that these are just hot spots that can be easily taken care of by digging up some soil and taking it out. Uh, I, I, I think this is going to be a much bigger issue for the city moving ahead. Kudos to them for speaking up. Yeah, and I mean, putting their money and their livelihood on the line and they've kind of been ridiculed the whole way and kind of like you said look take your tinfoil hat off what do you (laughs) know um but but when you really look at the history of of this neighborhood and other communities that have dealt with similar situations um, it's very frightening and and they should be lauded for for what they're doing so i so i've been thinking about it for a while because I haven't really paid that close of attention. I mean, because it just sort of, it's so big and so much of everything that I can't really get my head around it. So it's it's my understanding that, so they did one section of the road and expanded that, and they want to keep expanding the road. How far do they want to go? Like all the way to the bridge? Right. So the, the, first, um, the, the first part of the reconstruction plan, went up until third avenue so from 17th to third and that area is not really an area of contamination risk um when you look at um, the the levels of the ground and and where potential flooding is and it's just not a concern so i know there are some people who are irritated at how that went they don't like how it looks they don't like the race medians um and, and there might be some validity to that but i don't think that environmental concerns for that first part of the project um are really part of the a part of the issue here so the second part of the part of the project will go from Third Avenue all the way to the Wisconsin River. And this has been something that's been talked about for more than a decade. I mean, they've been trying to plan this and trying to work this out uh, for all this time. And and right now it's I'm I'm gonna tell you, I, I believe it's a widely unpopular project. And I'm surprised that the city is is pushing ahead with it at this point. So, but that's that's the section. So, the the SNE, the former SNE project property, which um, is now owned by Wolico, which is a subsidiary of Century, um, that runs along that portion of the Thomas Street corridor that's going to be uh, um, reconstructed during this process, and that is the greatest area of contamination. And when you look back to the 80s um, and and the the concerns that were brought up in the 80s it is that portion that is the greatest concern so the the other the other part of the project really didn't have anything to do with this environmental stuff but but this this part does so do they want the road to follow the the same path uh, the road will follow roughly the same path. There, there will be, a, you know, a little bit of of, of a curve difference, um, and I can't remember the name of the road, but right by Cheers Bar, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, so that area will be kind of um, smoothed out. Cheers Bar will go away, uh, and they're not widening widening it to a four lane. It's going to be a two lane plus some bike lanes but the way they've got the the way they've got the the plan going 
Um, they will be eliminating pretty much all of the north side properties. And some of the properties, some of the houses have a uh, have the opportunity to not sell if they don't mind the street running through their front yard and and the and their front steps going right into the road. I, I think that's an unlikely scenario. But but most of the south or the north side properties are the ones that are affected. As long as they don't get rid of the Dairy Queen, the city will be. The, Citizens yeah. will allow it. The, the the Dairy Queen will remain untouched. <laughs> so so you can still have your dilly bar. <laughs> so that so that brownfield area with the questionable white buildings that that's owned by Century now. Yes, Waleco is a subsidiary of Century and has been for some time, uh, and that area will not be touched. It cannot be touched. So, but that's probably where most of the contamination is. Well, that's where it originated, and I and and I'm not going out on a limb by saying that, but. Uh, the the way that that engineers are looking at this, uh, at least at Sand Creek Consultants, they're saying, look, those those dioxins, furans that that were associated with the Penta that was used at the former SNE manufacturing plant, those were transported to areas beyond, well beyond that property, and into the River Street neighborhood. There are uh, there are 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 sites throughout the neighborhood where they are um, collecting water samples regularly. They're checking the groundwater. There's what, 27 of those pipes. They, they, they look like little, um, they, they just look like little utility pipes that are all over, all over the neighborhood. That's actually where they are checking the groundwater um, at sites throughout the neighborhood. And, and there's a reason for that <laughs> because those chemicals leached into the soil. They leached into the neighborhood. Some of it went into the groundwater. Um, there is um, there is a documentation of that. So the those those contamination areas are not restricted to that particular property alone. They have gone into that River Street neighborhood. And let's not forget, there was a big lawsuit in 2008. 144 residents in that neighborhood were part of a class action lawsuit against Volico after, by claiming that they had gotten cancers and different, different diseases from their exposure to those chemicals. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, so what happens if the city decides to overlook all of these concerns and moves ahead with the project? I I can't I can't speak for 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 the citizens, uh, but but I don't think they're going to back down. Um, I really don't. And we'll have to see what happens, but dioxins in the soil it's nothing to fool around with. And, and here's the thing. You can have these dioxins in the soil for years and years and years, and they won't do anything. They'll just sit there on, on the topsoil. But the minute you start digging, mm -hmm. that's, that's when the problems happen. So if you're going right to dig near, that... You're right near a main water stream. All of a sudden, Wisconsin River is pulling them around. And... Exactly. Think about how 
how close to the Wisconsin River that area is. Uh, I, I, I just cannot stress enough how careful I think the city needs to be in moving ahead with this. So I mean, I, one of my... Oh. Sorry, I was just going to say one of, one of the big things when I was researching this and I had reams and reams and reams of documents to go through. It was so overwhelming. I go, trying to figure out what was important and and what wasn't and and how to make a cohesive report out of everything that I found. And my biggest question was if as as several people have told me off the record, uh, this is the most contaminated area of the entire city. Why isn't it a Superfund site? Why was it never a Superfund site? It's a it's a brownfield, but it's not a Superfund site like the Wasa Chemical area is. And um, you know, and I think that's that's the question. And and it's and it can be a little misleading um, for people who who are like, well, it's not a Superfund site, so how bad can it? be but i but i think back in the 80s um there was some some uh i think some some maybe uh, some some city resistance uh, against going the going with the epa and and bringing the epa in to to do some kind of cleanup and and the EPA, as we know from the Dave Obie documents, as reported in the story, um, the EPA was set to come in um, when dioxins were detected in the groundwater, but uh, they were willing to stand down as long as SNE and the DNR came to some kind of uh, agreement, a cleanup agreement, and that's what happened. So it, it didn't become a super fun site, but I don't... I would caution anyone to think that means it's not as polluted as other sites in this city. So if that makes sense. So I, so my question was, who are the, um, who are the stakeholders in the opposition? So obviously Tom Killian is, is really sort of, at it seems to me at the center of this um but who else who else are the players so uh there's there's a a group of of residents who have joined in um in this fight against this they have hired an attorney out of out of Milwaukee who by the way was was one of the attorneys that represented those 144 people back in 2008 who sued Waleco um, because of various cancers and illnesses. So he's he's extremely um, up, up to date with the case. He's very familiar with what's going on there. Um, and, yeah, I, I, you know, the, these are the people that are saying, okay, wait a minute. If, if you go ahead with this project, it could not only affect our homes and it could not only affect our property values, but it could potentially put the entire community at risk. So just so just so we're clear, just because Tom has been in the news with this, Tom lives over there, right? He's is he one of the yes. homes that will be affected? No. So he does live over there, but he is his home will not be affected. 
His home is on the south side of of the street. Okay. He has no risk of losing his home. He has no reason. I, I think it would be easy for him to just step away and say, "All right, I'm going to leave this alone." Uh, but but he he really believes in in what he's doing here and has done an enormous amount of research, much of which he has shared with us. Yeah. So I, it's it's a fascinating thing. I just is it. Is the Thomas Street project out of so public or legislatively or ordinate whatever the hell it is? Is it out of committee? Is it is these are are these votes general council votes at this point? Yeah, so it's general council votes at this point. So um, the 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 last committee that that reviewed this was the um, the CISM committee, the City Capital Improvements and Street Maintenance Committee. Uh, they discussed this last week and narrowly approved moving forward with this with this Thomas Street design plan. So Lisa Rasmussen, Karen Kelbach, Sherry Abbotts um, voted in, fla- in favor of the plan. Gary Gisselman and Be- Becky McElhaney were opposed to this as well. So now it will go to the council at uh, in two weeks. So um, at the February 27th meeting or 20th, is it, it's the 27th, I believe. So, uh, right now there, the city is awaiting a DNR review of Sand Creek's test results. They're going to discuss the DNR's findings during that meeting and, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, they, I guess we'll see if they, they vote to move ahead or not. It's just, I have to tell you from a personal standpoint, I'm, I'm frustrated that these concerns are, are kind of being poo-pooed. Like, like I, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they, they, whatever. I mean, and like, like I will say, like the mayor said, um, in his radio interview, uh, he he said, I I think some of these fears that were put out there are a scare tactic. It was unneeded. It was irresponsible. And hey, we're not going to be doing any construction on on those particular properties anyway. So I think there's a lack of understanding that that these dioxins are potentially widespread and not limited to one or two hot spots in the area. It it seems it seems to me that it's it's cavalier, and at it, at best, right? It's you know cavalier at best, and at worst, it's it reflects a lack of understanding, or willingness to try to understand basic science. You know, or, or is, right. the science, is the science there though? That's my question. Is is do they have the facts, all of the facts that they need to make a sound decision? I don't sure, know. Yeah, and, so that, I'm sorry. That, that I think that's a good um, a, a good question. I don't know that city officials have always had accurate information to to base these decisions on. I mean, in in our story, we talked specifically about a, a October 2014 meeting where a DNR representative told council members that that they didn't have any any dioxin sample results along Thomas street. Well, we found out that wasn't true. We did a little research, found out that yes, they really did have those, 
those those results. So I don't know that they always have the information they need to have. Well, they should go out and find it themselves. Right. And Sher- Sherry Abbott's is surprising because I think she's lived in that neighborhood in some form most of her life. And she's quite extreme. You would yeah. think that she would be the one to say no, no to it. Well, but the, okay, so she has, but she's also representing uh, much of the area that's already been done. And David Nutting is is the person responsible for this particular um, section of Thomas Street. Oh, oh okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, Literally, so, yeah, right. So, uh, so yeah, and and initially, I, I I talked with David Nutting early on, and and he had said that he he had supported maybe some some alternative, um, you know, some kind of different plan that maybe Thomas Street could put in some traffic calming measures or some you know some other things and maybe not dig up the road but but he has consistently voted to move forward with these plans regardless of that and and keep in mind Sherry Abbott by the way is is not running for re-election so right. so she, you know there's going to be somebody new in there so i i don't know but i just don't i i don't think this is anything that that they should be playing around with, and and I'm and I'm just gonna be really personal here and say that I I feel as though um, that everybody who has 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 come out and said anything about the potential problems there has been dismissed as somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, myself included. <laughs> uh, you know, I I know that 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 there's that sentiment there among a couple of, of city officials. And I think that's disappointing. I think they need to open up their, their minds and, and, um, and be, be open to taking a look at some of these facts and take a look at some of the other cities where residents have been protesting for years and have, have had to fight for cleanup in very similar situations. And, and I think it's, I think it's a mistake to dismiss that. Yeah, so all right, so let's move on to another topic just cuz it's it's I think it's more fun and we could probably beat the the, you know, cavalier yeah. cancer mayor to to death, but um <laughs> so, cancer mayor. Right. Scott Hill. Oh, right. Wow. Oh. All right. Um so uh what's what what happened to all the mall money? <laughs> so okay. uh, Eric, I don't know if you saw this, but Keen Winters wrote uh an op-ed today about uh, some what amounts to some redirected money that the city ha- got a loan for or something. And Shireen, you can explain this, but they they essentially moved it from one project to another without telling anybody. That makes sense. Sure, why not? <laughs> oh, come now, it doesn't make any sense at all. So well, no, it doesn't, but it makes sense from a city political standpoint. I mean, they do that sort of shit all the time. Yeah, and you know, I have to tell you that um, Keen and I did did talk about this before before he submitted his column, and he asked if I was planning on doing a story about it, and I said I am, but I would welcome an op ed instead. So, um, so because he knew ex- he was able to explain it probably better than I could have. 
so he he wrote this op ed and and explained where the mall money went. Now, if you remember back in 2016, the city borrowed 4.14 million dollars, and the the intent was to give that money to CBL and Associates to save the mall. Remember that was a big save the mall. We got to save the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, so the city borrowed the money. And then CBL walked away from the mall. Everything, you know, just kind of went to hell. And and what are you going to do with that four point one four million? So we know where it went. And and I reported in this in a just like as a brief thing and in one of the stories that I did about the mall. This is where it went. So six hundred and fifty thousand dollars of that money went to purchase the Sears building. Seven hundred fifty thousand went to extend Bolton Street into the riverfront area, so they did some street reconstruction thing, and then the rest of it, the two point seven four million, will go to the the France Community Investors, which is now Quantum Ventures, for riverfront construction. So that's how it's that's how it's being spent. So and it, oh God. it was taken out in a taxable bond, so you can't really give it back. I, I mean, people are like, "Well, give it back," but you actually you you can't. It doesn't really make sense to to do that. Um, but but I, I but I will take exception to the two point seven four million um, for that riverfront development when we're not exactly sure who those financial partners are. So that I I wonder. Having having never written or asked for municipal funds or a bond for that matter, um, I I keep wondering: Is it common for a municipality to ask for money for X and instead use money for Y? I I don't think that's common at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think this is a I think this is a very unusual situation, uh, but I, I'm surprised. I was always surprised that they they decided to borrow that money for the mall anyway. When I think most people could see that it was kind of circling the drain. So I don't know. I just don't know. So. You know, and here we are. We're we're putting a, a lot of eggs into the riverfront development basket, and that's great. I, I want to see that work out, but things are not moving along quite as quickly or as smoothly as we would would like. So it feels a little iffy right now. Yep, I get such a kick out of it because, you know, we're the city council members or committee members are apparently outraged that uh, the Greenwoods just haven't put up a mural yet. <laughs> right. In, in the meantime, they're more than willing to just, uh, I mean, not to, not to quote Mark Hadley here on the podcast, but to essentially, don't, don't. Oh I'm just going to do Seriously? it to, to engage in a shell game. Cause that was his line, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Marianne Grote shell game. Um, but it was it does. I went round and round with Peckham on this one night on the phone because I just simply didn't understand it. I don't understand how one can borrow money, which is essentially asking the taxpayers to co-sign debt, 
you know. So we tell the co- the the taxpayers we're going to borrow these funds for the mall. Okay, so we're going to do that, and then all of a sudden, when that doesn't pan out, they don't in any measurable way, and I don't care what they say, they don't in any measurable way communicate with the public that they're going to redirect these dollars somewhere else. And right. it's a, I, I compared it, you know, mockingly to saying, I, I'm going to buy, I'm going to go to the bank and ask for a loan to buy a convertible car. And then when I get the loan, I'm going to instead buy a motorcycle. Because, in Pat's words, they're, they're the same thing in the broad picture. So the mall, the money was intended by, according to Pat, to enhance the community and make the community more marketable. Okay, well, I think that's bullshit, you know, and I told Mm -hmm. him so because I think they asked for the money for a convertible car. And what they did was they bought a motorcycle. And I don't I don't know if that's legal or ethical or anything, but I think that it's I, I I think it's garbage. I think it's just bad, bad leadership. Well, and I don't I, disagree. I don't disagree with that. But I, to Pat's point, I think that he's correct. You know, if they're not going to any business venture is if you're not going to see the rewards here, is it better to continue throwing money at it until it fails or pull out and invest it elsewhere that you you can sense, you can see the potential success, right? And that and so that again, it presumes to be on one side of this equation. You're you're on one side of the equation, whereas the creditor, the person putting their credit up for 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 this money, was the citizens of Wausau, who were not given an opportunity to to take part in this discussion. They oh, said, I totally agree. I'm not know, disagreeing with you on that. Right. No, I, I, I mean, totally, hey, I, I get that. I think I'm a big fan of the waterfront. I don't exactly know where the hell Bolton Street is, but if it's longer, great. I don't. It's full, fun Bolton Street. It's Bolton Street. <laughs> Bolton silly. Street? Oh, okay. Bolton Street. Okay. I, I may have stuttered. Yeah, I may have stuttered okay, well, a little I bit. But yeah. Again, like, I, I didn't know that that went. If it now it goes all the way to the water, I don't give a shit one Apparently. way or another. But isn't that where they opened up the little creek thing, well, the little bridge? Yeah, I mean, is that right? I think so. Okay, okay. Yes. Yeah, but look, that... here's here's what I want. I want a riverfront development. I absolutely want it. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be great for the city. What I want, though, is to know that we're giving money to a developer that has their financial stack in place. I want to know that that project is going to be completed. And I am not 100% sure that our city is vetting our, the, the people who are taking care of that, who are, who have been chosen to do that. I, I don't know that there are, um, that there are processes in place that ensure that our money is being spent in the correct way. I have serious concerns about that. And, and I think that is something that might come back to haunt us. And well, you should. I mean, if you look at any of the developments in town, they don't see them through. No. The parking ramp downtown, for instance. Oh, I mean, you know, we built that thing with the understanding that we were going to fill all of these retail spaces. Fill the fucking retail spaces before you build the parking ramp. Right. That's the same sort of thing that's happening with the riverfront. So we're going to build all of these things and there's going to be a bunch of empty retail space or apartment space or whatever it is. There's going to be a bunch of empty space that's going to sit there 
and people well, are going to want to go down there because and if you yeah, no and if you go down to the riverfront, you'll see that not a whole lot is being done. Um, and I've spoken with a couple of people in the industry who have said, you'll see nothing's being done down there, and there's a reason for that. So. Back in January, uh, one of the partners in the financial partners in the Riverfront Project, Barker Financial, withdrew from the project um, and was replaced by Quantum Ventures, which we know very little about. Um, Barker Financial, we were told by city officials that Barker Financial was supposed to be just bridge financing early in the construction process. I've been told by three different sources that that is that is not true. <laughs> That, that Barker was not going to just be bridge financing. They were going to be the financer, and now they're out. So now we have a group that is is working to um, pick up this financial stack and, and trying to, to come up with the financing for this project, and I'm not altogether convinced that that's going to happen. One of the partners is the subject of four significant lawsuits in Wisconsin is Lake Geneva home is in foreclosure. I mean, what this is who we've, who we're throwing millions of dollars at and putting all our hopes into, um, to make this riverfront project work. Uh, That, that should be a huge red flag to city officials. And unfortunately it's not. Yeah, I've spoken to a number of business owners in, in the last year that have grand ideas of opening locations on the riverfront, and which sounds exciting. And then I'll talk to them and they'll say, well, we're planning on opening in 2019. We're planning on opening in 2020. And I'm just I'm sort of taken aback by that. Mm-hmm. It's it's very downheartening. I mean, it's you think about it and it's like, well, I have to wait another three years for anything to happen on this riverfront. Sure. And there's, there's, there's another uh, Samuel's group I know was chosen to, uh, to do uh, the work uh, on this project. And that's great. Sam, uh, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about them. What I've talked to, I've I've talked to a guy from, uh, from a competing organization who said they basically ran from the project when they realized that the, that the financing was not there. And I'm, that, that really concerns me and it should concern city officials. It's, it's funny because I, I had no idea for whatever reason, I had no idea that that was even happening. I, you know. I the one day somebody's like, "Oh, you're gonna take your niece to Wow," and I'm like, "What? Huh?" And I I knew about Wow, but I didn't know about the rest of it. And so one day we got we got done at Wow and went for a walk, and I'm like, "Oh my God, this is friggin' wonderful!" And it it is it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and so for me, I was like, "Well, I'm sort of blown away by, you know, just kind of it was to compare it to something that we're gonna talk about in a podcast." Upcoming, it was like the first, the first viewing of a Star Wars movie. I just had no idea, and it was, it just washed over me as awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, I talked to a property developer buddy of mine, and I'm like, "What is this?" And he's like, "I said, why isn't this your company?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, that's not the no, that's not what we do." And I'm like, "It is exactly what you do." And he's like, "Yeah, no, we don't do that." And I'm like, "Okay." And uh, mm. and when you start to look at it. You know, like you see that number of $50 million. 
And I just yep. and I I was like, how did I miss a fifty million dollar news story? Like like seriously, well, how did that happen? For a while, nobody was covering that stuff. So I mean, there there was a time. Kudos to Wasa Pilot. <laughs> well, there there seriously, there was a time when nobody was really paying attention. Um, so now I don't know, and but but there there's a lot to look at here. Um, we're giving away millions to get this thing done, and of course we want it done, but we want it done right, and and boy. I'm scared about this stuff. And like, no, we go ahead. No, I, I mean we we just don't know enough about the partners to and what we do know about the partners is a little alarming. So why aren't we asking more questions? And to me, this says that the city's uh, the city's process in vetting who we give money to for development is flawed. A couple of of weeks ago, well, I guess it was a couple of months ago. Um, uh, Pat Peckham asked Chris Schock at a meeting, so tell me, you know, what what do you do to make sure that we're giving money to the right people, that, that we're, you know, we're choosing the right developer? And I heard a lot about, hey, these metrics that are that are included in the RFP. That's that's what he talked about. What I didn't hear was we do a credit check. We do. We talk to, um, you know, we we talk to people who are partners. We talk to people who who have worked with this person before. We find out about their financial viability. I didn't hear any of that, and and that concerns me. Yeah, I just, you know, it was. It seems to me like we we're getting to the point with this this council where it 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 is in a lot of ways becoming infantile. Like Romy said, literally said, you know, I went to voted for this without the mural. Okay. Well, right. You're fucking yeah, crazy. Well, that's, you know, yeah. you're, that's the most, that was one of the most stellar, aside from Ed Gale threatening this kid fully 10 years ago with physical violence, um, that it was one of the dumber things I've ever heard any councilman say, you know, and, it it uh, and it just reflected this idea that your your personal whatevers are in the way of of simple mathematics, you know. Like there is, like I I don't know anyone anyone who drives to Wow and goes, well, it's an ugly building. Me and my fifty friends are are going to go somewhere else. Right. I will say this and. And I love Wow. I mean, I, I love those people. They're they're great. Uh, but I will say this: I do hear a lot. People say, "God, that's an ugly building." Yeah. Why do we have a you know? Why do we have this pole building on the river? Right. It is hideous. It doesn't fit with anything. Blah blah blah. Okay, I get it. And 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 I and I might even agree. But I'm going to tell you. They should should get some credit for being the first organization to say, you know what, we're going to we're going to build down there and we're going to make something down there and be be the draw. And right right now they're the only draw right down there. Yeah, the only because everything else that's there is nice. But it's not bringing any money into the city. No, you think those, you know, you think those Adirondack chairs and the fire that's there are bringing any money to the city? 
They're not. They're right. nice, but yeah. they're not. And nobody, I and, and I, you know, Dino, I've told you this before. Yeah. There are no kayakers that are coming up there with their their, their kayaks. Just, right. I, it's just, it's not happening. So, do you hear my husband in the background going, "Go there"? Do no. you hear him? No. Oh. He's like, "You're too wound up. Calm down. Yeah. It's late." <laughs> No, no, actually, he's going. There's a dam there. You can't get there from Lake Wausau. Yeah, so, <laughs> I I just think you know, like every t- like the last time I was in Wow, is the and it was it was Eric and I. The last time I was in Wow, Eric and I took uh, my niece and his daughter, and we went and spent a couple hours in Wow, and and that was the quintessential Wow experience because while we were there. It must have been a hockey tournament weekend because there were three hockey teams all eating dinner there from out of town. And I just thought, this is exactly what it's for. This is exactly what it's for. As a former hockey child, you know, you go to a foreign city and you the team goes out for dinner and you have a good time and the kids play and da-da-da-da-da. You know, it used to be Chuck E. Cheese. If we could go to a town with Chuck E. Cheese, then all of a sudden it's perfect. But in our mm-hmm. case, we have Wow, and there's no way in my head to to say that Wow isn't a success. And I and I till the day I die, the Romy Wagner quote will always sort of uh, stay stay in the front of my mind as just one of the dumber things. Like I absolutely, well, I absolutely the- get that it was part of the deal. They were absolutely, you know, they said we're going to paint a mural and we're going to and they haven't painted a mural. And it's my understanding they're sort of dicks to the committee. But at the same time, this idea that the only reason you gave this project money when it's the fucking Greenwoods is (laughs) is absurd. And they put so much money into it. It's ridiculous. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've got so much invested into it. So kudos to them. Right. Didn't these people also not too long ago build a fucking country club? Right. Uh, Yeah. You know, and and it's funny because that specific country club took away where I used to ride my four wheeler as a child. So I'll never, I'll never forgive them for that. You'll never forgive them. Cause but that's right. Exactly. I'll still go to wow. But like, that was where my friend Steve lived on Oswald lane and we would, there was, it's just, it used to be all farmland. That is that the Oswald families owned. And so, you know, when Greenwood bought it up to, to make a golf course, I was like, well, fuck you. Well, you know? I just look, I think it, I think it's hysterical that they are so worried about this shit at wow about right. this this lack of murals at wow but yet they they don't worry at all that the person that they're giving millions of dollars to to do their riverfront property has a shelf corporation yeah. that's registered to a mydakotaaddress.com and i mean they haven't done any any vetting of 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 what's going on with quantum ventures at all. Just, and they're just, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give them money. Just for fun. Mm-hmm. Could you tell mm-hmm. me where, uh, just cause I know the answer to this question. Quantum ventures had an office space or a mailing address in Wausau. Um, yes. And actually I, I will tell you, they've been trying to get a, a meeting set up with I know. me. Uh, and this week now they haven't called. So now it, 
didn't work out this week, but the, but they did want to want to talk with me first. Um, their 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 registered address is in South Dakota, even though nobody lives there. None of the people live there. But then when they finally set up their articles of incorporation in Wisconsin, they included an address in the well, what we know is the the Washington Square. Right. And it was a address that doesn't apparently exist yeah. there. And Dennis Smith, Alderman Dennis Smith, went into uh, the offices there and 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 talked to the compass people and said, uh, "Do you know anything about this and 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 who where is Quantum Ventures?" And they were like, "What?" So <laughs> yeah, it was actually a an address that apparently didn't exist. So yeah, I, it's just so everything is so bizarre. I I don't get it. I don't know. Hey, yeah, if, they, if you want to interview them time. on the podcast, yeah. Please do. We we oh, would no. We really would, we would welcome that. that. Yeah. Well, um, I I'm I've been hoping to hear back from from them this week, uh, setting up a meeting time, and I will certainly offer that. Yeah, as they a can, possibility. They can absolutely. Maybe, maybe they would be more than interested in talking to a podcast that has no um, journalistic connection. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're scared of you. Right. Maybe they would come talk to us. Nobody's scared of me. Whatever. But I think that they that they are uh, interesting because it's pretty smart to set up a, a company in South Dakota, which is kind of the wild, wild west of of corporations. Right. So I'm shocked it's not Delaware. Yeah. Well, that yeah, I mean it's like one of the top five places right. where you don't have to have a you don't have to actually conduct business there. Right. So they, you know, they, they've got an address at this My Dakota address, which has like 250 companies all registered at the same address by the same LLC. So bizarre. It's just very bizarre. Yeah. And I mean, how many red flags do you need before you go, wait, I need to ask more questions? Right. Yeah. Before we cavalierly dig up soil and cause cancer, Mr. Mayor, or give $50 million to some dudes from who showed up in a, you know, a used car. I just, it's amazing to me. So it is to me too. So we're coming to the end. So we'll ask, uh, so looking forward, Shireen, what's the big story for the month of March going to be? Oh, you know, it's hard to know. I, okay. So I think a couple things, these all are going to be important things that are going to be coming forward. I think that the, the Thomas street issue is going to continue to be uh, a hot button. That'll be February 27th. I did check and I do not think that the people of that neighborhood are going to just sit down and go, okay, whatever. Um, I think there's going to be a lot more fireworks there. Um, I think the the river life financing is going to be um, a continued issue, and I think there's going to be more questions about the mall, of course, um, and we didn't even get into that. But but as the mall repositions itself, and the city is is hoping that the mall owners sell, um, and we find out more about the proposed theater, uh, those will be the the big the big stories going into March. It's amazing. So, Eric, anything else? I, Shireen, I just want to ask that when 
they make the movie about this Thomas Street story, mm-hmm. whomever stars, whoever, whoever takes your role in that that movie, can the podcast be the catalyst <laughs> to you discovering this great thing? <laughs> the, climax, the climax of that movie. That's all you know I really it. want. You know it. all right well hey thanks for doing this shireen we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks all right thanks a lot for having me all right take care man that ball got out of here in a hurry you know anything travels that far out of have a damn stewardess on it don't you think We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or those earned. We are really talking about humanism. Why did you put what we said on the radio? To encourage some interchange of ideas, of books, magazines, students, tourists, artists, radio programs, technical experts. We declare our right on this earth to be a man, to be a human being, to be respected as a human being. I want you and your boys to cease and desist from violating the American airwaves or I won't be responsible for the consequences. Further communications may not be possible. It's the sky. It's got a pirate radio station. We intend to bring into existence by any means necessary. Uhura, what's on the comm channels? Very active, sir. Multi-facing transmissions overlapping. It's almost a gibberish. Welcome. 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 Simply adjust the frequency for the switch. Welcome to Radio Program. Beginning according to plan. We control the transmission. What are you doing on this frequency? Just remember who you are. Should be, in fact, empty slides and walk the streets. These access the dogs.